Hello everyone and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby. I forgot to mention the other day, I did step on the scale. Um, it was in the morning before I took a number two. And I weighed 166.6 pounds, which was slightly less, less than the last time I weighed myself. So that's pretty cool. Um, our salad today is like a Mexican street corn salad. Um, and now that we've said that, it's just interesting that the salad mission has uh, pretty much worked. Who would have thought, right, that it would be as easy as eating a salad a day? Uh, would I think... I wonder. I don't know what my weight was when I started eating salads. Um... Casey, do you remember what I weighed when I started eating salads? Was it 180 or 190 or 200? Probably not 200, but it could have been. Um, anyway. Anyway. 166. That's about as low as I've ever been. Um, I maybe don't look as lean as I've been at this same weight, but whatever, man. That's fine. It's about being healthy. Um, I've curated a playlist for Casey and I. I don't know. We've been tubbing a lot. We have not sounded in a while. Today has been a very cold day. There is a uh, easterly wind which has brought rain, a, a decent amount of rain, apparently 0.16 inches so far, but I think it could start raining again here shortly. Um... So we're, we are well on track for it to be another record-breaking, or, you know, up there. I don't know if it'll break the record for the most rain we've ever had here, but it's getting close. It's going to probably be in the top five. That's how I feel. Um, I actually went out in the rain and sat in the greenhouse to see what that was like. Uh, I had a fear that it would be terrible, and it wasn't, it was nice. Uh, definitely in the spots where there are parts missing in the very corners, there was some rain that came into the greenhouse, but it was also definitely a little bit warmer in the greenhouse than it was outside. It was a lot drier, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it was nice. I, th I was worried that the sound of the rain hitting the polycarbonate panels would be, um, annoying <laughs> that it would be so loud it would embarrass us but it was not it was loud while you were in there and then it was quiet uh when you were a few feet away it was no louder than the rain hitting anything else so that was good to confirm um saw one a giant spider while i was out there and then i did an impromptu bug spray around the perimeter of the house because it was a big spider um, and there have been a lot of webs. I even thought, man, this would be cool for Halloween, but Halloween is still a little whiles away. We still have a couple holidays between now and then, don't we? Um, what, I was saying that we were making a video playlist. I have a video playlist to go for Casey. One of the videos I have not watched, but I'm aware of some of the info inside of it because I guess it's Walter Isaacson is doing a 
biography of Elon Musk, an authorized biography, which he is releasing imminently. And um, part of the excerpts of that have been interesting. Like they talk about Elon Musk giving Bill Gates a tour of the Austin Gigafactory, which you have to think like that wasn't that long ago, but Bill Gates has been such a douchebag, not just in regards to Elon Musk and Tesla, because he had this giant short position on Tesla where he just said that he doesn't believe battery semi trucks could work. That was the gist of it, or that he had some problem with solar. He doesn't think solar is good enough. Anyway, they were very, it was a, a that was an excerpt. And then another excerpt has to do with uh, Tesla's design chief, Franz van Holzhausen. And he was standing in the design studio in front of a cardboard mock-up of a future Tesla vehicle, a pr prospective Tesla vehicle. There are two which it aligns with, one of which is the robo-taxi. The other is the $25,000 car, which you'll still be able to drive, supposedly. And part of this book excerpt talks about how Elon and Franz disagreed over how the uh, those cars would be designed and how they'd come to fruition. Elon sides with me on this one. I will say, I agree, and I've said this for years, I think even before Elon Musk was saying it, I was saying it, truly, and my friend Adam Levin would know, because I said I would say it to him in many an argument, because he's a car guy, I would say everything in the design of a car is a compromise after the fact of it rolling you around. The gas pedal is a compromise because it was the best way you could get the engine to go. The brake, compromise. The shifter was a compromise, right? The clutch was a compromise. The wheel, compromise. The radio, all the buttons, the climate control. All, every button is, that's very specific, the buttons. The stocks. Everything in a car is a compromise. And I would like to get in and there'd be nothing. And I guess that's what Elon Musk was trying to have done with this next-gen robo-taxi. And he was quoted in this book saying, you know, I don't want it to have a wheel. I don't want it to have pedals. I want there to be nothing for human interaction. And I w it'll be on my head. Like, if it goes wrong, it'll be on me. But th this needs to be bold or whatever. It needs to be remembered in 100 years for being something new. And I totally agree. I think he's right. It just comes down to how well they've mastered full self-driving. And I think that it's really, it's going to be there. I'm not worried about it. It has to be a little bit better than it is now. And I think it will be, especially now that they've turned on these supercomputers last week. Anyway, there's this other concept in design, and I can't remember the name of the concept. I'm sorry. Someday AI will help me with these sorts of things where I just kind of don't remember what I'm talking about, the name of it. But it pertains in history to, uh, let me think, like the futurist movement 
It pertains to Art Deco to an extent um, and modernism in general. Uh, and it was this concept that, you know, designers can know what is sleek, new, what the future holds, but the masses will not be ready to adopt the commercialization of those principles. So you have to soft pitch things. You have to roll things to them. And by the time that they're ready, maybe you'll be ready, right? It's this idea of like, I don't know, like old Greyhound buses are by the designer that this was a big deal with. Like it, it looks not of the time. And so a lot of people will recoil because they're conservative. They don't like change. So you, you either, and this is what they've done with the Cybertruck, in my opinion, uh, you, you show them something outrageous and then you just take a long time for them to get used to it before you sell it. Or you do iterative change towards a goal. So you say, oh, I'm, here's my concept. This is going to be the concept car in 2030. This will be what we're driving. 10 years from now and then you start slowly inching your design language of your company towards that over the following you know nine years and you might never reach that goal i think what tesla's done is they were like you know what it'll take us like six years or whatever it'll take us five years let's drum up the hype by showing a, a prototype that we know we don't even have the factories to build and it's going to be years before we have the factories and the capabilities to build this. But then what initially, and I remember my reaction to the Cybertruck unveiling, which I was watching live, they rolled it out and I was like, oh, seriously? Like I was really disappointed. And then by the time that Franz threw that ball and broke the glass, I was like, yeah, it looks cool. I'm into it. And by now, it doesn't even look that revolutionary. It looks like what we were promised a few years ago. And I've been ready for it. I have to think, maybe this is heuristics that are misaligned. I have to think that eventually, you know, or to some extent, people will be on that same page. And, you know, I've also said too, the future won't be experienced by everyone at once. So, it is what it is. Some people will take a little while to catch up. They're remedial. I hope they deliver this Cybertruck this month. Or beginning of next month, they have a delivery event. And I wish that at that delivery event, they would announce and they would give us more. I want to see confirmation. And then I want to see expansion. I would love for them to drum up some more hype. We still haven't got the Roadster, which I'm not really concerned about. But I want to see. I want to see them, like, even if I told Casey, even if they are like, hey, we've made 10 Roadsters that we're going to give out. And then we're going to continue to make, like, 50 a year. That would be fine. I honestly don't really know why they... I, they still make them. I'm not... I know why, but I feel like the uh, Model S is tired and lame, and even though they've refreshed it recently with the plaid, it's just like an outdated concept. 
a sedan. It just doesn't make sense. I wish they would just discontinue it and then turn that line into the Roadster line and replace the Model S with the Model 3 and just not even worry about the Model S. But anyway, that was the little Tesla. That was the little Tesla rant. So I want to watch the CBS, the CBS video about that. Now that's what we need to show Casey because in this screenshot, you can see Franz standing in front of this cardboard cutout of like a pretty cool looking thing. And there's some pictures of it on the wall and it looks almost like an Aptera. People thought it was three wheeled at first, but then people looked closer and it actually has four wheels, but the back two wheels are closer together than you'd think because it does have a teardrop type shape and then it only has two seats. So it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I really have always thought I'd prefer an Aptera to just about any kind of vehicle. And if Tesla made an Aptera competitor, that would kind of make sense. So anyway, thank you very much. Come again tomorrow.